I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 375. And today we're back for our latest Rut Fresh radio episode in which we are getting updates from deer hunters across the country on the latest deer activity, current conditions, and the tactics that are going to work for you right now all right welcome to the wired to hunt podcast brought to you by onyx today in my home state of michigan is hunting season eve spencer that's the best night of the year as far as i'm concerned because the best time of the year starts tomorrow even better even better than like gun season eve well, I'd say for me, yes. Maybe there's other people that feel differently. But for me, this is when it all begins. Gun Season Eve actually is, at least for me, is kind of a scary night because you know that so many deer are going to get wiped out the next morning. Um, so today it's all hope. Today it's it's nothing but pure, good, unadulterated hope for the season. On November 14th, it's a little bit more fear. So, uh, mm. so yes. That's why I'm really excited about today and because we got a new episode of Rut Fresh Radio, which is our mini-series. Hopefully you guys know what that's about, but we're going to hear in just a couple minutes from a handful of hunters from across the country, and they're going to give us a scoop on what they've been seeing over the last week as far as deer activity, how different conditions have impacted deer movement, and then what does this all mean for the next week? What should we be expecting? What are we predicting what kinds of tactics should we be employing over this first week of October? That's going to be the plan for today, Spencer. Um, I, I just told you, I'm I'm just in that very, very high excitement world right now. I've spent the last two nights laying in bed doing the staring at maps and weather forecasts back and forth, back and forth, and debating between different stand sites. Um, that's where I'm at. Where are you at? Um, I'm headed to Wyoming after we get done recording this podcast, so I am similarly excited. The difference is I'll be hunting with a gun uh, around like some broken sagebrush country and big ag in the central part of the state. Um, so it'll look a little bit different than what you're doing on your opener and what I'm doing on my opener. 
Um, but like you said, we're going to talk to different hunters from across the country this week. But the first hunter I want to hear from Mark is you. I want to know what you're going to be doing for opener. And right now you sound really optimistic. And I think from some recent social media posts, you seem optimistic. So I want to hear about like what your setup is going to be for this October 1st hunt. Okay. So last week, I think it was last week, we talked about my generic you know, best practices or ideas for this late September, early October timeframe, right? Um, and I mentioned lots of times you want to take a swing for the fences a little bit before the hunting pressure gets crazy if you've got the right conditions and you want to take that swing, you know, based off of the most recent intelligence you have on what that top food source is or where are these deer moving in daylight right now. That's like the generic standard approach for an October 1st type hunt. Um, well, I have a situation that I think lines up really well with all that. Um, number one, I'm after one particular buck on a Michigan property I can hunt, and this Michigan buck has been moving in daylight. I saw him in daylight two days in a row this week, uh, moving in a place that I can hunt him. That cold front that came through, um, for a lot of people it hit, I don't know, Sunday or Monday, the night before the front, he was out in daylight, and the night after the front, he was in daylight an hour earlier than any other time I've seen him. So that got me very excited. Saw a lot of activity, a lot of bucks moving around. I saw several bucks making scrapes. I saw several different bucks sparring. Um, so when that cold weather moved through, it just got him out and about and, and, and moving and excited. So that's a good thing. So that all leads me to be you know, not overconfident, but at least optimistic that there's a chance at getting a shot at, at the deer I've called Tran. Um, there's two locations that I think I could get a shot at him. Both of them are food related. Um, and they're both pretty close. They're basically the same zone. It's just two entry points. Um, there's one spot where a bean field and a corn field come together right at the edge of the super great bedding. And this buck and a number of deer have been coming into this food source area, um, crossing into the bean field and heading north into that corn. A lot of days that I've been able to watch it, that's what they've done. The problem is to hunt that spot with the wind we have, it's going to blow right into all the bedding area that these deer are coming from. And that is the spot with the highest likelihood, I think, of these deer coming by, just based off of a lot of observations. I've spent a lot of nights glassing this area, and that's the number one spot. But I just don't see any way I can hunt it with this wind. I've I've thought, man, if it's due west or a little southwest, in the past I wouldn't have hunted it because it blows into part of the bedding area. But based off now years of watching how these bucks use this zone, they I think are a little bit south of there so i could probably cut the corner and get away with it but any north it's just going to blow right into the best stuff there's i just don't think you can do it so because of that i think i have to hunt my number two spot which is a i don't know 150 yards probably south of this on the exact same line still on the edge of this bedding um, but in this other spot where a lot of deer have been coming out just not as many times now, I did see Tran two times over the last mm, 12 days, two times over the last 12 days maybe. He's come out 
into that corn bean corner and then headed south and went into this zone too. And last year on October 1st, he came into this spot and passed by this exact location. So between historical data and, you know, two observations over the last 12, 14 days, and there were nights that I couldn't watch it. So he might've done that on nights I wasn't there. Um, all that tells me that this is my second best place to be, but it's best for wind. So it is where there's an entry into this food source area out of the bean field, or sorry, out of the cover. There's a little green food plot that these deer like to hit first before they head to the big ag fields. And there's this kind of dead zone where I can have my wind blowing south of the bedding area and not spook these deer. So at a high level, that's what this area looks like. It's, it's a place that I hunt a lot early in the season. Like every year, it's a spot that I hunt once or twice in the early part of the year and traditionally has given me a lot of opportunities. This is a spot where I passed a really nice buck last year. I passed a hundred and, I don't know, 135 inch type nine pointer last year on my first hunt in that spot, um, which a lot of people thought I was crazy for doing because I really wanted to get a shot at Turan. So, you know. It's a spot I know can produce this time of year. Conditions look good. That cold front came through early in the week. It kind of stabilizes now, and then it's dropping another 10 degrees or so, give or take, from the highs today to the highs tomorrow, mixed with a rising barometric pressure. It's low pressure yesterday and the day before, and then starting last night and over the course of today, tomorrow, and Friday, it's steadily rising, with Friday probably being the highest pressure day. Um as we've talked in the past, a lot of people like those high barometric pressure days. That's lining up here with cold temperatures. About 10 degrees lower than average for this time of year is what we have. We are about, oh, almost 30 degrees lower temperatures than we were just a couple days ago. So conditions are lining up. The sightings are lining up. The history is lining up. And uh, all that's to say that, you know, I'm excited. If nothing else, I'm excited. Yeah, and, uh, you know, every year on Rod Fresh Radio, in the last two years specifically, there's some cold front event that happens, like, between October 1st and October 15th, and this is really anecdotal, like a lot of this stuff, um, but we've talked about some, talked about this in the past, Mark, how a whole bunch of mature bucks get killed on, like, that first cold front of October, um, and that's why you're optimistic right now. Now, what I think is, like even more relevant than like this specific cold front is if you look at like the really extended forecast um, Saturday and Sunday are the coldest days for most of the country that we're going to have for like the next 15 days. And so looking ahead, like this is the cold front Mark. Um, The one that we talked about last year when a bunch of bucks were killed, the ones that we talked about in 2018 when a bunch of bucks were killed, this is that one for 2020 because there's not going to be like another big cold snap that happens um, during what a lot of hunters refer to as the October lull. Um, So like you said, this, this is probably for a lot of hunters, the time to take that swing because if you're waiting on cold weather to get some deer on their feet, you're probably not going to get it for like the next, you know, 15 to 20 days. Yeah, that's a really good point. I actually hadn't, I've been so obsessed with looking at the weather for tomorrow and Friday that I haven't even looked way past to like the 11th, 12th, 13th, or 14th, and you're right. This is it, and that's that's a huge point you just made because 
this is the time to take your crack. And then, you know, we're going to have to wait till almost late October until something else might come. So, yeah, if you if you're informed, if you have that, you know, if you have any of the kind of data I just listed, like I have in this situation, use it, take a swing, um, see what happens. You know, you never know. All these things, like you said, Spencer, we, we've got some anecdotal. We've got some, you know. I don't know. I, we, I don't want to get into the whole thing where we debate uh, <laughs> what hunters believe Another about episode. these different factors. Yeah, but uh, but man, it, there's a lot of things lining up. So short short answer to all this is, if you can get out, get out, go after them. We've got a decent chance over these next couple of days. One more thing I want to touch on, Mark, and it's something that we talk about with our guests this week a little bit, um, is that today, September 30th, is a full moon. Now hunters give a lot of uh, attention to the next full moon, the one that happens at like the end of October, the beginning of November, but on, almost nobody talks about this specific full moon. Um, so I want to know, Mark, is it anything that you pay attention to um, or, or that you put any stock into for the, the mo- full moon that we have on today, September 30th? I don't put too much stock into it personally. Um, you know, there's there's some people who think that deer don't move on a full moon because it's so bright out they can just move in the middle of the night. Um, but then there's other people like the Drurys who really like the full moons, um, who think that the light of the moon is your very best time of year to be hunting, that the dark of the moon, so middle of October, is not very good. I just was listening to a little video that Mark and Terry Drury posted, and they were talking about how they think that having the moon right now lining up with this cold weather and the beginning of the season is going to make this amazing. So you're going to hear a load of everything from people when it comes to the moon specifically, but the Drury's have always pointed to... When you've got that moon that is rising early in the evening, so if you're out there the last hour or two of daylight on an evening hunt and the moon's out already, that's a good thing. And then on the flip side, if there's a moon that's setting late in the morning, so if you're out there, it's the first hour of daylight or two and the moon's still out, that's going to help a little bit. And that's the situation you've got right now. We've got a late, or sorry, we've got an early moon in these these evening hunts leading up to today. And then it's going to be starting to give you more moonlight in the morning uh, starting tomorrow and the next couple of days. So I don't put too much into it, but for whatever it's worth, Mark and Terry are saying that morning hunts might be particularly good over the next couple of days because of that. Uh, I'm keying in mostly on the temperature swing, and I'm getting out there and, and excited that, yeah, the moon stuff says it could be good. So sure, I'll, I'll take any extra luck I can take, but I'm not going to count too much on that. I'm putting my eggs in the cold front basket, and uh, that's what's giving me most of the confidence on top of my sightings. Now, the cold front is something we'll talk about with all of our guests, and we'll also touch on the moon. Who we talked to this week is Joe Call from Minnesota Rack Stars in Minnesota, Vince Badiata in Tennessee, Nate Crick in Kansas from Identical Draw, and then from Whitetail Experience in Ohio is Byron Horton. Sounds good to me, Spencer. Let's uh, let's tune in, hear what these guys have to say, and then get out hunting. All right, good luck, Mark. Talk to you next week. Same to you. All right, and joining us on the line next is Joe Call from Minnesota Rack Stars in Minnesota. Now, Joe, in Minnesota, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I would have to give it about a six. Um, there's been a lot of people I've been in contact with uh, that have either known someone or themselves. They've uh, put down some good deer lately here. So I'd say on a scale, it'd probably be right around a six. 
your friends who have been successful. What do those setups look like in late September in Minnesota? Personally, I, I like the green food sources right now. Um, talked to a guy last night, shot a nice mature eight-pointer, and he was actually on a, a bean field that actually has turned brown already. So, I mean, um, it, it's field edges. Um, it's just inside the, the wood line, um, you know, trying to catch them coming from their bed, going out to that food source. But, uh, you know, anything right now that's green, uh, whether it's alfalfa, clover, or uh, even those beans right now, it just kind of depends the food sources are in your area and, uh, you know, continue to scout and, and monitor your, your activity and then kind of go off of that. But, uh, yeah, I would say focus on, you know, those beans and also, uh, your clover and alfalfa. Are there any natural food sources this time of year that you focus on? You know, the acorns have really been dropping like crazy this year. Um, they actually started dropping fairly early. So, um, I know I have a tree right in my yard that the deer have cleaned up already. So, I mean, yeah, kind of monitoring those, those oaks and, and see, you know, who's dropping and, uh, you know, kind of keying on those a little bit. Um, you know, that's, that's primarily, you know, the most um, attractable food source in my area definitely is, is those acorns right now too. You mentioned that you're doing a lot of field edge sets this time of year. Do you pay attention to things like scrapes on those field edges or is that not something that you really care about? Yeah. So I know uh, this past spring I actually went in and eliminated some possible licking branches uh, in my woods just to kind of speed up uh, the process a little bit for those bucks getting out uh, to those field edges and uh, keeping those licking branches a little closer to the field edge, you know, so they don't get hung up deep in the woods. But the scrapes are actually starting to open up right now. I've got a lot of reports. Uh, guys seeing some scrapes in the woods. So um, I would definitely, you know, take that into consideration coming up here. Uh, with this cold front coming in and, uh, you know, try to get on one of those scrapes inside the woods. Um, maybe not necessarily on those, those field edges because, uh, those primarily are, are, are late night scrape, uh, spots. So I would, I would key more in the wood scrape lines. Where are you running your trail cameras right now? Yeah. So I got a couple of pinch points that I'm, I'm running some cameras and then, you know, also those food sources. But, uh, you know, if it, if it comes down to, uh, running a trail camera to uh, try to harvest a mature deer. It's definitely those pinch points uh, just inside the woods, probably 100 yards or so is where I'm focusing right now. We have a cold front coming up for most of the country. Does that change anything for you in Minnesota? <laughs> get my butt in the woods. Get everybody in the woods, man. It, it's This this is the front that, that I've kind of been waiting for. Um, you know, it's kind of been, you know, ideal temperatures, um, you know, throughout the, the hunting season so far but right now is is the time to get out the, the temps are going to drop you know 20 degrees here in the next two days and the pressure is going to be rising um, and that's perfect recipe for harvesting mature deer right now you touched on your attention to scrapes but do you care about rubs in the same way not necessarily yet um, to me those rubs right now uh, would have to be you know those bucks when they were kind of shedding their velvet um, you know we'll see them out there rubbing that stuff off but uh you know, the scrapes, uh, the, the deer, every, every buck that I've seen so far on stand, you know, the little guys that are coming out on the, on the field, um, they, they go find another buck and they're, they're tickling antlers with each other. So um, they're starting to, to try to find that pecking order a little bit and testing out their strength to see where they're going to be sitting. But uh, I, I would say, you know, um, you know, focus more on the scrapes and the rubs right now. As we get into what most hunters consider to be the lull, do you have any tips or tactics that you use to try to get a mature buck within these next couple weeks? Yeah, just, you know, I would say pay attention, you know, to the weather. Um, and then also, 
you know, don't, don't overhunt your property, you know, depending on your property size and how much time you have uh, available to get out hunting. But uh, for myself, I've been kind of staying out of the woods and, and waiting for the right time. And then, you know, every deer is different. Um, you know, we, we've had a really nice mature deer that we've been watching and uh, normally this time of year, we're not hunting mornings, but what happens the second day of uh, archery, he comes in at seven thirty in the morning. So, I mean, every deer is different and you just got to, you know, pay attention to what they're doing in your area and go off of that. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Minnesota? You know, with this weather front coming in, I, I have to put it at least a nine. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing some big bucks hit the ground. And uh, yeah, it should be should be really interesting. And I'm looking forward to it. All right, Joe, well, good luck to you and everyone else from Minnesota Rack Stars. Thanks for joining me. Sounds good. Thanks, Spencer. All right, and joining us on the line next is Vince Badiata from Tennessee. Now, Vince, in Tennessee, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say the buck activity has probably been around uh, 6.5 to a 7, depending on where you are. Um, lately, we've, we've started to see, you know, the bachelor groups, they're, they're still kind of there together, um, but we have started to see them start to split off a little bit and starting to starting to start making some sign and stuff like that but uh we've we've still been running into quite a few so are you seeing any mature bucks that are moving in daylight still uh we have seen some um i think there is a few that are really starting to move around to their their second home ranges um but we do have a couple um that that are moving in daylight um but i i think a lot of them they're just they're just starting to kind of move around a little bit and just kind of start to get comfortable a lot of the country has a cold front coming up here uh, in these next couple days that's already started. In the south, in a state like Tennessee, what are the impacts of a cold front and what is like that degree difference that you're looking for that would be different from someone who's maybe hunting in like Illinois or Michigan? Yeah, so uh, definitely totally different than, than the north. It does not take much to, to get deer moving on their feet here this far south. Um, being someone that, that grew up in Michigan, um, you know, you're looking for those really, you know, really cold um, temperatures to really drop to kind of get them up and moving. Um, here, you know, let's just say it was, you know, you've been running, you know, in temperatures in the 70s. As soon as it drops 10 degrees, I mean, they're going to be they're going to be up and move, moving around. So especially with the cooler temperatures that are coming up, um, some getting down into the mid 40s, we should have some pretty good movement. So. As someone who hunts a lot of public land, where do you want your trail cameras as we get into early October? Uh, right now, I would probably say I'm I'm probably most likely going to leave my trail cameras um, on scrapes is probably where I'm, I'm going to be leaving them. I do have a couple that are on some transition areas um, just from bedding to food. Um, but for the majority of the part through October, they'll they'll, they'll be on scrapes for sure. So are you seeing some sign making already in Tennessee? Yeah, not not a ton, uh, but we are starting to see, you know, the community scrapes starting to come up a little bit, um, but not, not, not a whole lot. But it should, within the next couple of weeks, it, it'll probably start getting pretty heavy. What food sources are you focused on this time of year? Uh, this time of year, I mean, we're, we're, we're starting to look for, you know, the acorns dropping, um, stuff like that, but just just regular browse, nothing too crazy. There's still some standing crops and stuff around, um, but really, we're really just mainly focused on those transition areas mainly. 
Now, Tennessee has an early season that opens up uh, around the end of August. I know you were hunting that season. How have patterns changed since then till now? How big of a difference has that month made? Uh, it's it's definitely made a difference. Uh, I would say during that time in that that early part of the season, um, if you've been watching them, they're 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 dead nuts on their on their pattern. Um, from then until now, um, like I said, they're starting to split off a little bit. Um, still on some of the patterns, but it's a it's definitely starting to change. You said you're seeing some sign making already. How much does deer sign factor into your decision making as a public land hunter this time of year? Uh, oh yeah, it's 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 huge. Um, you know, with with all the pressure and stuff that that you do get on public land, and you just never know what you are going to run into out there. Um, you know, we we try to do our our best to just kind of hunt our way in, and always looking for just the most hottest freshest sign that that we can find and as soon as we roll up on one we just just hang and hunt on that unless you got some intel somewhere else are you getting pretty close to beds uh we have a a little bit i probably will get a a little bit closer here as the month rolls on um but we have started to to move in i would say no more than 100 yards going forward then in this next week or so what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten in tennessee I would prob- probably say about the same, or maybe even a, just a. It could even get up to an eight, just depending on on the temperatures. If it stays cooler, like it's saying it's going to, then we should have some pretty good buck movement. All right, Vince. Well, good luck with your hunts. Thanks for joining me. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, and joining us on the line next is Nate Crick in Kansas from Identical Draw. Now, Nate in Kansas, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to ten? I would say the buck activity is probably in the five to 10 range. Um, I give it a five to 10. I'd, I'd give it lower, but honestly, in the last week we've had a little cold snap. So I think they've been on their feet a little bit more moving with that. Um, but yeah, five to 10 for buck moving this last week. When we get a cold front this time of year, what specifically do you notice that's different with deer movement? Um, as far as recently we've had with this last cold front, our cameras have been way more active. We have a few cellular cameras on our property in Kansas and, um, we've been getting a bunch of doe movement. The buck activity has been okay, but the doe movement has increased significantly. And I know once they start moving, then the bucks will soon follow. Um, yeah, they've, they've been moving a lot more. I say this morning was probably the most movement I've seen. And it's also, the coolest morning I've seen this season. Um, with that, we've also seen movement in different areas. Um, the cameras that we have in the timber, we only have a few of them in there. We need to move a few more, but our cameras in the timber are definitely getting hit and activated more. Um, so yeah, there's kind of a shift going on there. A lot of hunters like to let their trail cameras soak for the next month or so. Where do you like to have those trail cameras set from now until the rut? Yeah, right now, like I said, we we have ours on the food source, and it's still good. Um, our bean plot, we have a three-acre bean and brassica plot, and that is still getting hit pretty heavily. But like I said, this with these cold fronts and this next month, they're definitely going to be making more of a transition to the bedding and the timber. So we have a few different corridors um, and ridge lines that we will be moving some of our cameras that are on the bean and brassica mix and clover plots. We'll be moving some of those into that thicker timber where – Um, those does and bucks will start to hang out more. It sounds like the whitetails in your area have a lot of choices for food, but what are they hitting the hardest right now? Yeah, so 
Um, we've got a lot of, a lot of ag in the area, the corn and the beans. Um, and last night when we were watching them, they were still hitting our bean field really hard. Um, we do have some radishes and turnips in that area too. And they were starting to hit that, but still the beans were probably the number one um, thing they were feeding on. Um, right now the crops are majority of the crops are still in, they haven't been harvested yet. So they're still um, hitting both corn and beans pretty good. But last night when I saw the mix, when they had clover, they had peas, um, the brassicas, and then the beans in the area, they were still definitely focusing on the beans the most. Are you seeing any sign making yet? Um, very little. It's just starting up. Um, we've we made a few mock scrapes. I think that's a great time to do the mock scrapes. And we also um, planted a licking branch in our field, just basically cut a cut a branch and buried it in the ground and that has been starting to get hit more and more these this next week or two if there's cold fronts i'm going to be sitting near that that looking branch because i know that the scrape action the rub action is about to get pretty good we have a full moon coming up does that change anything as far as your strategy goes personally i'm i'm not a huge moon guy um i know a lot of guys live and die by it and if if i'm hunting during it then i'm like hey thumbs up if it helps it helps but right now I am mainly focused on those cold cold fronts whenever they drop. If, if we have a significant drop in weather, I'm going to be out there hunting, especially if we have a little rain like we did this last cold front. I'm going to get there either that evening if it clears up or that next dry morning or evening sit. So, yeah, the moon is great. If it's full, that doesn't really change my strategy. I'm mainly a weather guy. But, yeah, definitely cold temps and full moon should be good. Nate, I know you and your brother have had success killing big whitetails in October. What do you think it is about this coming month that works so well for you guys on your property in Kansas? The thing that we have done is unless there's a good cold snap, which I'm talking at least 15, 20 degrees drop um, in the high of the temperature and like good barometric pressure, we are only hunting those days. We are not going to be touching the property unless we have that significant cold cold front come through um and yeah we've the way we've killed um last year early october was um it was october 3rd i believe it was i mean the temperature dropped about 30 degrees we had rain come through that night um and that next evening we were sitting uh field edge um there was a bean field and he was out there making fresh sign um i think i think cold fronts during either any time during october i know there's sometimes that october lull people talk about but i think if you get any cold snap during the month of october i think you should be looking at food sources, if it's still um, applicable, or timber scrape lines. That's where we've had our most success killing bucks over scrapes. And like I mentioned before, those licking branches, we've killed bucks in October over those licking branches on food sources. They can be super deadly during October. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Kansas? Looking at the weather and stuff, um, I'm thinking it's probably going to be the same, probably in that 5 to 10 or 6 to 10 um, on the buck movement. Um, and I I'm thinking I'm probably going to be staying off that property and waiting to hunt until we get a better cold snap during this next week. But Hey, if you, get, if you're in a property where you have, have some nice cold weather and bucks on their feet, go hit it. But right now, yeah, I'm saying probably five to 10 right in the middle of the road. All right, Nate. Well, good luck to you and your brother. Looking forward to seeing more videos from identical draw. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer. All right, and joining us on the line next is Byron Horton from Whitetail Experience in Ohio. Now, Byron, in Ohio, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say it's a 3, um, just on, based on the guys I talk to and myself being out in the field a decent amount here. 
Uh, we had a very warm opener. Um, today we do have a cold front moving through, but I think, um, I think today's the day if you're going to get it done, but, but, uh, literally the, the past couple of days it's been hot. So you think the cold front is going to change things in Ohio? Yeah. I, I, the, the front that just pushed through had good winds, like kind of getting up there 15 plus mile an hour. And so like our, um, our oaks are now on the ground from that front. And so that like the oak population on the ground has jumped up tremendously in the last like 48 hours. Um, but I think guys that, that were kind of on a book, um, I think today's the day they're going to kill them. Um, otherwise like the, the front, the rest of the week is, is kind of neutral. It, it, there's some, some, some tent drops, but nothing drastic, nothing outside of a, a few degrees. But, um, yesterday to today, we kind of had that bigger 10 degree swing. Um, so, so I think today's the day if, if you're going to get it done. Besides oaks, what other food sources should hunters in Ohio focus on right now? So uh, something noted in farm country from some of the scouting I've been doing is uh, the bean fields that are smaller with like essentially more shade um, still are green um, or maybe those are beans that planted late. So you can, still can find like green beans. I, I don't know if it's got something to do with the planting, but I know of two, two green bean fields that are oh, dominant green instead of the yellow. So I think those can be hot. Andy did see a buck hitting beans that were turning on, I think that was Sunday evening. Um, so that's kind of a, a, a source in farm country. Um, as far as the oaks are concerned, uh, from the scouting I've, I've seen, um, the, the white oaks are dropping. And this isn't like a big year for oaks. So it's, it's little concentrated patches. Um, and definitely, if you, I, I feel like the deer are a touch lower over the weekend. They, they seem to be lower on the big hills. Um, and I think that's due to they can get to watering and oaks down there. As a public land hunter, I know you're more aggressive than other guys. So are you hunting mornings in late September and early October on public land? So I actually did throw a sit this morning after a buck, um, but that was due to trail cam data. He seemed to favor mornings, actually. And I'm not afraid to hunt mornings by, by any means uh, early in the season. Uh, but I think the most important thing to be doing now is scouting, even if you're not hunting mornings. Um, scouting is so critical this time of year because, uh, the buck sign is just super concentrated. And so if you don't know what's going on, you've got to go find it, um, and, and potentially relocate the bucks that you found in the summer. When you say scouting right now, besides rubs and scrapes, what are you looking for on public land? So I would be looking, uh, as far as public land, I'm still kind of noting maybe, uh, trucks and parking lots. Um, tracks are another area, um, that they, you know, you can pick up a big track. Uh, we just had a rainstorm come through. So, so, you know, those mud tracks, uh, could be fresher than, than say, you know, in the prior weeks, um, rubs are, are super concentrated. So that's kind of what I'm looking for right now. That's, uh, I've seen a couple scrapes open up, but nothing torched, uh, as, as far as scrapes are concerned. So I, I'm looking for clusters of rubs, uh, those better rubs and trying to maybe locate a buck's uh, core bedding area this time of year. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Ohio? I think we're going to jump up maybe like to a 4.5. I mean, at the end of the day, we're still early October. Um, we do have temperatures in the upper thirties, forties overnight. So that, that, you know, we do have, I think highs in the sixties, which is oh, uh, lower than average temps. But uh, nothing crazy, no no big like uh, fronts coming through this week and no big like 10 degree temp drop. So I'm not going to get too optimistic. 
Um, so I'm going to give it a four, 4.5, somewhere in there. All right, Byron, well, good luck with your hunts this year. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer. And that concludes this week's episode of Rut Fresh Radio. Thanks to Joe, Vince, Nate, and Byron for joining me, and thank you guys for listening. I hope you get a chance to take advantage of this cold front, and it's everything that Mark and I have built it up to be. Good luck this weekend, and the next time I talk to you, it'll be October. Until then, stay wired to hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.